Hello everyone, this is Scott Geider, a.k.a. Gruesome Herzog, and the character of Cephas from the hit franchise series, The Hillbilly Horror Show. In the year of our Lord, 1836, the town of Mosswood created a witch. Thirty-three years has Alice Parsons walked this earth. She does not age. She does not marry. It is my determination that Alice Parsons of Mosswood is a witch. Ye are of your father the devil. Alice Parsons is the curse that plagues this town. It is the reason why all these bad things keep happening here. It wasn't even the apples. It was the worm! <laughs> Hello everyone, this is Gruesome. Oh yes, Gruesome. My very special guest is directors, producers of a phenomenal film that will make its way down the old river, highway, mail, however, it's Paranormalis 2016. I want to give you guys a big, big thanks for sending me a link to review for my podcast. How are you gentlemen doing? Doing great. Fantastic. Great. That was like a dry ass. Whatever. I just want to say uh, quite often, by the way, so it's, it's, it's not generic, but it has become generic out of my vocabulary. Fantastic. Yeehaw. <laughs> um, I want to, like, again, thanks for contacting me. I mean, there's quite a few actors that's in the film that I've done interviews with in way in the past. Um, Nicole Cruz, I've done a long, long time ago. We're actually going to do an updated interview. And Paula, I did an interview with her for a film a couple of years ago in Texas, Jim O'Rear, I forgot to mention him, Mr. Rob Schneider, the horror industry, and we had an, a rearism with the Skype earlier, but we got that fixed. But the cast that you got for this film, how did you, you any one of you is going to answer this, how did you guys get the cast involved, or how did you pick and choose? Jim O'Rear, I have a good idea because of the Hospital too, but go ahead and give me an idea, the listeners an idea how the cast came about. I'll, I'll start with this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass part of it off to Jeremy, though, because there's actually one major thing, Jeremy. Um, I mean, Jeremy and I were both you know, cast the film, but there's one thing that, that, that Jeremy is better at telling the story about. But um, um, the uh, we basically were the initial plan of this was to uh, do this on a local level, which we did. But we uh, were going to cast all local actors and. Um, Somehow we got on a national casting database and national actors started contacting us. So we were, we decided to kind of extend it and that extended the pocketbook and that, you know, caused some issues, but, uh, 
But I knew Jim and I knew Jim, uh, Daniel Taylor and I are are friends. We've uh, known each other for years. Uh, Daniel actually gave me my first official professional job in film um, as a location scout for his film um, um, Camp Massacre. And uh, there I met Jim, worked with Jim a little bit and got Jim wanted to be on board. Um, Daniel wanted to be on board and Scott wanted to be on board. And um, so we had them right away. Scott Tepperman, by the way, that mentioned his full, his full name. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the, after that, it was just a casting process. And but one thing um, I will mention, uh, like I said, that, that I think Jeremy should talk about is the casting of Paula, because it was sort of the moment when I think we first realized we, you know, it was very early on in the in the casting uh, process, and we really realized we had the potential to get some real good talent, some people that had some serious chops. But I'll let him kind of explain that process. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that was she was our first step out of the box in in changing the character from what it was written. Um, to we actually modified the script a little bit to make it fit. Um, I don't know. It, it wasn't a, a big change, but I mean, just to sort of hit on the fact that uh, you know she's from Argentina and, and uh, so forth. So we we made the character a little bit more in that line, but, um, uh, when she, she submitted a, a, uh, an application to the casting process and, and, uh, I thought she looked good and took a video audition and, uh, basically called Daniel up and said, holy shit, watch this chick. And she was amazing and, uh, totally blew us away and had her do some follow-up, uh, additional audition, also video. And uh, she she just killed it so 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 hard. Well, I mean that, that's basically what happened is, is she raised the bar. Um, once 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 we both were blown away by her performance or our, you know her her audition, she raised the bar. It was from that point on. It was like we can't we've got to make sure we have you know serious talent in the lead roles because we don't want it to look uneven. We don't want we don't right. we, we last thing we wanted was internet troll critics to say. Well, there's this guy sucks, but this girl is good. You know, we we wanted yeah. a, a a more even mix, and so she basically raised the bar of our expectations. Oh yeah, definitely. and that helped the, the the casting process go forward. I can tell you one thing: you couldn't have picked a better person to play Austin for that scene with Paula, because he is the biggest a hole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, he can pull off a lot of these shady, shitty dirtball roles that he's so good at and watching those two was very convincing the performances are very convincing the second one the parent yeah about the neighbor well yes yeah yeah. right now that one there i thought you heard my review though jack Jack teague Teague, played the father and the mother was um Uh, shelly we hunt Yes, and then the son. The son was uh, Colt David Bunsey. Bunsey. Yes. Now that one there, when I watched it, I was thinking this can go two ways. I didn't quite catch it until the one scene where he wanted to show him a video. So now I'm thinking, got it. And then when it came, the chemistry between Richard Donner, his part in that film was so creepy. And then with the boy sitting there, and he's watching this video, and I'm not going to say too much detail. I don't want to ruin that part of the film, but 
the chemistry in the facial expressions expressions that that he did that Colt did it was so believable and real I mean knowing what you're going to as an actor knowing what you going to see and how you're going to try and throw that to what you see to make it believable was an amazing performance between those two and of course the mother you know I'm sure she's about my age I'm sure uh, beautiful woman and it was pulled off pretty nice because she's saying one thing and he's thinking that she says something else it's just well shot all of them are well shot the chemistry I think and all the acting in this film was phenomenal and there's one thing that you pointed out that we'll get into later on. But the first two films that when you're watching it, now I'm pretty much satisfied so far of what I've seen. And I'm thinking, now I wonder if the third one can top it. You know what I mean? Or the fourth one can even go better. And I mentioned in my review that my favorite one, and it's no offense towards anybody, but the third one, I thought, only because of the chemistry between... Reggie and Ratatat. Yeah. Um, that whole setup right there, and then the twist at the end was phenomenal. But I loved Ratatat's character and Reggie because Reggie, you didn't know exactly what you're getting. You made it country bumpkin, two boy, two kids, or not, I shouldn't say kids, that are these backwooded hillbilly. However, having this black man. Reggie, in the woods, teaching him how to be a man. It's just well put out, well shot. Re I love Reggie's character because, like I said, he didn't know what, what was coming next. It's very clever. And then when Ratatat came in there and what he was wearing and what he was doing, this, it fucking sealed me. I, that point, I said, we have something here as a whole that I really dug and then the last one that came up was about Alice with Alice Parsons and Nicole Cruz. And then you had the goofy mayor. Now, that is obviously the main purpose of the title of the film. So you saved the, the big one for last. Now, what I found incredible about that one is how you made it to be uh, back in a certain time area era that the cast, again, was pulled off very, very nicely. And well, like I said, I gave it what I gave it as a whole body. I don't review movies individual. It just, you know, you it's a whole body of work, you know. And like I said in my review, it's a well-put-together film. And any fucking moron, fake-ass film festival that's going to reject this film, they're a bunch of fucking buffoon idiots because I've seen garbage go into these film festivals that shouldn't even be in the damn film festival and the good ones usually get slid out because you don't be spending all this damn money and all they're going to do is send you a rejection letter send it back to you and say sorry we didn't don't we didn't accept it but they want to take your damn money it's how it works so fantastic horror film festival in San Diego California I'm a producer for that film festival. This is his third year coming up. I sent the information to Daniel of contacting her. I, had, I lost my phone and I finally got, I got a new one. I'll be calling her uh, sometime. But contact them, submit the film, and then we'll go from there because it's fantastic. It's for the fans. It's not for their pockets. It's for the fans. So 
I'll give you. I'll let you talk about uh, the two epi- the two episodes I talked to you about the with the parents and uh, and the son and the next door neighbors. Um, what was that like shooting that one? I mean, knowing what the end result's going to be, how did you prepare? Or you know, I mean, the backstories. If you got any for that one, uh, Chuck uh, Hartzell uh, directed that one. Um, so I, you know, as far as the the shooting um, strategy and things like that, that would be something I would prefer him to answer. But I will say that Chuck was probably faced with the biggest challenge of the four directors or five directors um, because he had a lot to pull off. He had to pull off a major, completely unexpected twist that literally comes out of nowhere, but yet there's a tease, you know, of it at some point. He also had to weed down a lot of things because it was a very involved, the, the, the character of Colt in the script was a little more uh, fleshed out and Chuck, as wise and, and experienced as he was, realized there's going to be some time issues with the final product. And so he went ahead and, and made some sacrifices and he all, he, you know, ran it by me as the writer. And, 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 uh, of course, you know, I trusted Chuck. I mean, I'm, I'm of the opinion, if you hire somebody or work with somebody and you put them in a certain capacity, you have to trust their instincts. And when you give them something, it's theirs. So right. even though I wrote it, you know, Chuck was the director that was that was placed to, to do it. So while he gave me the respect of asking me, not really, I don't know if you call it so much permission as like what my opinion was, uh, you know, basically it was it was this is your thing. And uh, and he did. He made it his thing and, and he pulled off the, the most important parts of that story. And it, it was a great process. But one thing I do want to say uh, on that about Scott's performance, because I think it needs to be commended. Uh, not just because of his performance, but because Scott had like a hundred ninety-seven thousand degree temperature. Yeah, uh, that's one thing. <laughs> Nobody can tell it watching the film, but between every take, I know mean, Chuck would call cut, and Scott would just put his head down and, and hold his face and quarantine he, himself. Right, because he was like about to die. We all—I was sitting there waiting to call nine one one if we needed to. He was so sick, it was ridiculous. But that scene that you were talking about with with. Uh, Richard Donner and, and Colt on the couch watching the video is one of my favorites in the movie. And, and it's largely because of, like you said, the facial expressions and, and how real it was. And Scott just totally tapped that maniacal. <laughs> just, he, it, he makes me laugh so much just in his craziness. It, it was, it was great. Special effects. I want to bring up. I thought was very amazing. I mean, the drill part with Jim O'Rear I mean, you didn't see, you seen the shot and it pulled away and you seen blood splattered, but you got the point, you know, and it wasn't overdone. It was just done nice. And that's what I'm saying. It flows. Every film flows. There isn't no, the characters of the one with Reggie and Ratatat. Uh, where do those characters come from? Uh, yeah. well, that, that's, uh. I mean, as far as the makeup and how you, how you made that, oh, was that was that in your head or is that just on a spot? This, this looks cool. I don't know. That's uh, we we talked about that for a while, and it, I basically um, I directed that segment. Daniel gave me a, a good bit of leeway with stuff as far as what I was seeing in my head, and uh, I basically sat down with uh, Barry. Perkins. Barry, uh, yeah, I sat down with Barry and talked about what I wanted. Uh, 
the primary makeup to be and, and uh, how I wanted them to look. And, uh, and then I called up our hairstylist, uh, hair and makeup stylist, Tabitha, and talked to her about how I wanted the hair and all that. And it, it was fairly specific with some things while giving each of them some leeway to play with it and show me what they could do. And uh, um, it came out really, really well. And uh, it really couldn't have asked for, for much better. I mean, it, it uh, I think, I think all three of the characters you're talking about look, look really great. Now the, the biggest problem with them was um, the fact that I can't draw. And so when I thought up, what I wanted them to be wearing. And I talked to Jeremy Vandiver about that. He That's said, costume designer. Yeah. He, he says, yeah, uh, he send me a sketch. I was told him I can't draw it. He says, do it anyway. So I drew it, I took a picture of it and I sent it to him. He just sent back a big LOL and said, all right, I'll handle it. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, if we can, I mean, just, if, if you don't mind, I, since this is not something that often gets brought up in interviews, can we have a second to talk about Jeremy Vandiver and, and Tabitha? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jer- Jeremy Vandiver, uh, he was a costume designer. The guy is absolutely fantastic. He made amazing. he made the dress for Alice. He made he made our 1800s pe- 1800-piece look like it was 1800s. I love that. Um, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, he he's absolutely fantastic. He's a brilliant guy. Uh, did a hell of a job and really probably well I can't say he's the only you know, he's not the rock star there we had a lot of rock stars but yeah. Jeremy certainly you know he was a crew unto himself we didn't have you know wardrobe departments we had Jeremy Vandiver you know same thing with Tabitha Davis Tabitha I almost don't want to tell this story because it almost talks about how indie we are I, I but, know I, I was just thinking about that it's like it's a cool story but I don't know if I want to tell it but, uh. <laughs> she was. So she was basically, um, you know, a last sort of a, we, we couldn't find anybody, you know? Yeah. It, it, she saying she was sort of last minute is an extreme <laughs> understatement. I, I literally, the day before we went to set on a uh, Chuck segment about the neighbor, um, we had not only the week before lost the, uh, the hair and makeup person we were going to have. Uh, but could not find one. And so the day before, I was reaching for straws, and I, <laughs> I called a local uh, uh, cosmetology school, and I said, hey, who's your best person? Would they want to do hair and makeup for a movie? And the lady that was the director of the department said, uh, sure. And hold on a second. Let me talk to them. They're right over here. And it was Tabitha. She put me on the phone with her, and we talked, and and. She came down to do the job and totally blew us away. And we have been attached to her ever since and don't want to make anything without her. I'm going to ask you, what was her response when you told her on the phone? Oh, she was excited. Uh, she was uh, floored that she was going to be getting to do hair and makeup for a movie because that's what something she had been wanting to do. And go. I think because of that, we really lucked out with her because she was so gung ho to do it. She went and studied the differences in doing film makeup versus everyday kind of stuff. Overnight. Yeah, overnight. And and then at everything that that we've done with her, she's just gotten better and better and better. And she so. and that's the thing she researches. And the reason I wanted to bring her up is when you brought up the hair thing is, is like the look of sirens is one of the perfect things. Like Jeremy basically just threw some ideas and 
She sent me the picture for some reason, and I had to send it to Jeremy. And Jeremy's like, well, tell her. I don't know why we were having a third-person conversation. <laughs> but, you know, tell her this is awesome. And it, it, she, she honestly, she, she has a great imagination, but she's very professional, and she, she can translate anything. I mean, for yeah. someone who just started, this was their first project. I, I could not be more pleased with someone because it was like, you know, it took us a little while to get to where we're, you know, average at what we do. Right. Yeah. And she's like fantastic on day one. So that's a great story for anybody out there who is in school for makeup to hear this story and say, hey, you know what? I might have a chance. That's okay. a great story. Yeah, it was just total random happenstance that we wound up with her and we're so lucky that we did. How many viewers has actually reviewed this so far? That have been posted. I think we've got six, five or six right now that have been posted. I think we've got. Really? I must have missed one. Well, count Marcus's. Oh, yeah. I guess well, Mark, Marcus gave us a blur. Marcus Koch, I, I'm sure you're familiar with him, a special effects mm-hmm. genius, you know, director of some pretty cool cult stuff. Uh, Marcus gave us a blurb. He, he had a chance to watch it and he, he, he gave me a blurb. But, uh, uh, so I guess we got six, five or six that are up and then there's four or five on the way and there's, we've submitted to a couple other places where people haven't come back to us yet. And so far, you know, knock on wood, it will come. Somebody's going to trash this film. It's just going to happen. <laughs> so far, nobody has. We're waiting on it. Yeah. It hadn't happened yet. So. so now what was the comments? I mean, when they reviewed it, I haven't seen any reviews, but, but what, is their common favorite part of the movie? Did he say which one or no? Or is it the whole film they said it's good? You're the only one to pin all the filmmakers against each other and actually pick a favorite, Scott. <laughs> 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 but at least it's mine that you picked. So I'm okay. <laughs> hey, Daniel Emery Taylor, get that bitch. No, I know Daniel Emery Taylor from his, uh, I think I was a producer on the first, The Hospital. And uh, let's talk about the hospital a minute. When Daniel Emmer Taylor and Jim O'Rear went together to make this film, and there's a scene in the movie that I know a lot of these fake-ass fucking fly-by-night wannabe reviewers just killed them on. G. Larry Butler's head flies off, and you can tell that it was computer-generated, okay? I mean, they didn't have the money for the special effects. Like, I remember doing a review, and I just simply said, it is what it is. If you ain't got a budget, you do the best you can to get it through, and that's the end of it. If you don't like it, fuck you. You know what I mean? Get the hell over it. It, it's, it's not easy to make a film. And that's how me and him got, a, 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 got to know each other is because of the review, and he says, thank you, Scott. You get what we were trying to do. And of course, I understand. I mean, a lot of people say, well, it's because you're in movies, you might understand it better. Not, well, it, it, it was before that as well. Because when you start watching films as a reviewer from one to another to another, you start learning yourself on different style cameras or budgets. You know what I mean? Or this is just something I want to do or this is something that I want to make a career out of. You can tell. It's all on passion, talent, and drive. If you got the drive, you're going to get it. If you find a cast that has drive, you're going to get it. That's all it is. It's chemistry and drive and the love of making film. And this film proves to me 
that everyone that's involved, including you guys and all the directors, I mean, it wasn't a first for a lot of them, obviously, but they have the drive to make something out of nothing, to make it something, make it believable, and make it fun and entertaining. And that's what you guys did. And I love this film for that simple fact, is it's just brilliant. I love the stories, although the third one was my favorite. <laughs> but uh, it has nothing to do with the other ones. They're all great. I just like the Ratatat character in Reggie. It's something I haven't seen in all my years of reviewing movies. I've never seen that story in a film before. I mean, I've seen, not Alice Parsons, but I've seen other films just like that. I mean, I've seen cannibal movies. I've seen zombies. I'm not saying zombie in here, but I'm just saying in general that I've seen all bunch of films. But sometimes I'll watch one that I haven't seen a lot of or not at all, and I'm connected to it. And I, I, that's one of the reasons why I like to film. You know, that's just me. It's my choice. And, you know, you said something to me, Daniel, which I'm, I'll openly say um, in a message of what you said to me. And you said, yes, Scott, I went through your reviews uh, back a few, a few uh, you know, way back. And I'm, how'd you say that? I'm overwhelmed or shocked by the high grade that you gave it, gave this film when you don't give out 9.5s or 9s. Yeah, now, I mean, by looking at your backlog, uh, you know, of, of what you've given some of um, some films that I actually have a tremendous amount of respect for, um, some that I didn't, but, but, but some I had a tremendous amount of respect for um, that were bigger budgets, uh, you know, more name cast, you know, more established directors, um, certainly more established writers. And uh, big studios, and I'm looking at what you're giving those films, and it's like, you know, wow, he doesn't give out the numbers and then registers back. You know, he gave us a nine, but I'm gonna tell you what my thing about that real quick, if you indulge me. And I'm sorry, I'm, you know, I, I, I tend to, I'm long-winded, but, but well, uh, so am I, so am I. It's fine. Uh, you know, Roger Ebert is probably the only person in major, um, major criticism that I think was ever really honest. Um, Ebert was a guy who actually reviewed films based on what they actually meant to do based on, he, he kept it fair. You may not have agreed with what he said. You may not have, you may have loved a film he hated. You may have hated a film he loved, but mm -hmm. he always kept it even. He's that's the reason why of all these wannabe Roger Eberts, he's the only, you know, critic to ever win a Pulitzer Prize, uh, because he actually did say, okay, this movie wasn't, you know, um, you know, it wasn't Bergman, but it was trying to be Ramey and it pulled it off. You know, he, you know, that, that's, that's how critics should look at things. And, and while, yes, I can see, and yeah, I mean, I can watch some films that are so poorly done, regardless of their budget, that their budget plus the way they've done them just ruins them. But, um, you do have to keep budgets in mind. You do have to keep in mind, um, what people are working with. And when an independent film can take a little and make something out of it, uh, you know, I, I think that that's a big deal. And I think those things should be committed. I'm not saying they should be, you know, given nines. I'm saying that, uh, you know, I do think that it's, it's fair to look at a film like, you know, this is what it was and did it pull it off? If it did, how well did it pull it off? Instead of, well, they didn't have, you know, $7 million dollars. 
Um, you know, and that's that's still indie at seven million. But you know, they 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 didn't have seven million dollars. They they had you know, they didn't have a name actor. So I didn't like the movie. Well, that's that shit. If that's if that's the way you're going to review something, go fuck yourself. If you have a quote quote name, you can get a distro deal quicker. Stupid. Yeah. You know, there are some legends out there that are still acting like Tony Todd and Danny Glover and Michael Berryman and all the ones that I've hung out with. I'm just mentioning names up top, you know, D. Wallace. But you know what? There are some fucking amazing films with up and coming stars. Yeah, there you go. Just just get good talented cast and, and you know, they're gonna go somewhere eventually and then that's gonna help. <laughs> but you know what? I you know, but you you know, you have a guy Jim Arrear. Yeah, I'm sure you had some arrearisms going on in there, I'm sure, right? <laughs> you did, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Jim? No. Jim? Jim's <laughs> a great guy. I mean, Jim's a he's a great guy to work with because he's, uh, he's definitely got a little bit of a... He's a character. Uh, he's, uh, yeah. he's definitely... That. And I will say, you know, not to sidestep, I, you know, I meant to say this earlier, I, you know, I've seen a lot of Jim O'Rear's work and um, I'm not saying this because it was my, well, not my film, but, you know, part of my film. Um, but it, you know, I do think that that was Jim's best performance, um, that I've seen. And, and, you know, that may be somewhat to do with the attachment, but it, you know, Jim is a, is a lot more talented than I think he even realizes. Sometimes I think he's just like, I'm just an actor. I'm just here to work. But, uh, he has, oh, he was great in that. I, I really, <laughs> Austin, a fucking perverted pig ass bitch. That's yeah. And he nailed it. <laughs> oh, he nailed it all right. Yeah, yeah. I want to reach in there and slap that pig, but That's right. I mean, he, he may or may not have been kind of playing himself a little bit. Not the rapist part. But. <laughs> well, he's a great guy, and he's not afraid to say how he feels on Facebook either. No. You know, and uh, is there anything else that you want to say to the audience uh, about about the film, or even where can they go see it, or is it available anywhere yet? Not yet. Not yet. We've got you know festivals to wait on, and we've got yep. I'm sure we're going to have our um, our own little screening at some point, and then of course talks with distribution. But um, <clears throat> we'll say that if there is any um, anybody out there, if I may be so pretentious, bold, whatever, <laughs> um, anybody out there that has been looking for something that is different and unique, and also in this world of uh, diversity that where diversity is the new trend. Uh, we did not intentionally make this a diverse film. It happened that way. Yeah. Uh, it is a very diverse film in a lot of different ways. There is a message out there that is uh, very much not something that we uh, expected it would, it would be. Well, I didn't expect it to be until I finished writing it. This is a film that will play to all of those tastes. I think this is a film that will surprise a lot of people, even people who are not horror fans. Um, I think that this has got something to a degree for everybody. It also has something that's probably going to piss everybody off, but um, you know, there might be something in there that's going to piss your average person off. But well, I, I think there's probably, if you're talking four-quadrant film here, to be cliche about it, <laughs> there's probably a way that we'll piss off at least one person in each of the four quadrants. So, yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, for any fool out there who doesn't want to, take this film on for their festival is your buffoons. Enough said. Uh, great job by both of you. And thanks again for the link to review for my podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for having me. All right. You take care. You too, man. See ya. All right. See ya.